Hey, I'm Angie. And I'm Emily. Being a creative person in the corporate space can be really tough, and we should know. Join us to talk about how to be a right brain in a left-brained world. It's The Artist at Work. Hi, everyone. You know, no matter what your job is or has been, um, wherever you've worked over the years, you know, I think we, we're talking to people with a lot of different backgrounds and areas of expertise. But one thing that most of us, if not all of us, have in common are that uh, from time to time we've been asked to work among and on and in teams. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about why teamwork is great, why it's hard, and just, you know, share with you some tips that we have compiled and some questions that you can ask yourself about, you know, maybe how to be a more effective collaborator. So Angie, tell me about teamwork and you. All right. That's a big question. I'll say, first of all, that I love being a part of a team. I think the energy, the collaboration, the the way you can bounce ideas off of people, being able to spin your chair around in those days where you could do that. I think there's such good energy when you have a cohesive team that loves working together and makes really cool things together because of the energy that you collectively bring. And I'll say now working as, you know, a solopreneur, I'm doing everything. I'm I'm a writer, I'm a designer, I'm a bookkeeper, I'm a software software engineer, I'm a, you know, a process person, I'm a social media manager. Like there's literally endless jobs with this one and I really miss that I that brainstorm aspect of teamwork and the idea that I can start to talk or just strategize with another person and then have the team in there who is going to execute the work and kind of distill what I said down and then go take it and make it sound articulate and make it look good and then come back together and make it even stronger. So I'm definitely in this season of my career feeling that lack of team. And I can't wait until I'm able to hire more people to help me because I do miss that a lot. When you have a great team, the energy really catapults your work forward and the brand, the energy, the work product, whatever it is. In the musical Chicago, Roxy Hart and Velma Kelly sing a song called My Own Best Friend about how they are each their own best friends. And that's what I thought about when you were talking about that. (laughs) You are your own team. You have to be all of the members of one team within your own uh, body. So that was a great reference. Yes. (laughs) I saw something brewing in your your brain there. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. She's got a thing. Yeah, she had a thing. Here it comes. Yep, Uh uh-huh. No, that's great. It's hard and it's exciting to think about like, being able to grow and being able to, you know, have those folks in the organization to be able to rely upon and, you know, collaborate with again. So that's exciting. Yeah. What about you teams? How have you seen them work really well? Maybe not work as, as well. What about the work from home element? I think I have a fraught relationship with teams as many introverts do. And just people who are generally so independent that they balk at the idea of asking for help or needing help when I think I should be able to figure it out all on my own. 
But of course, you know, teamwork is critical to the work that I do every day. I have grown to rely on a whole slew of experts um, within my organization, wherever I've worked based on, you know, what they do and how they can, how we can work together to build something cooler than just I myself can build with only a word processor at my disposal. Um, There's got to be a formula somewhere for how many people is too many people. I think there is such a thing as, as overstaffing teams. I think that you see a lot of like these big, huge projects that, you know, require a ton of work. When you get so many people in the elevator or in the clown car, then nobody can move around and then you get nothing done. When, you know, if people have a little bit of wiggle room, then they can start to sort of develop connections on their own, be creative, think of new solutions. But I I am not a fan of bloated teams at all. And I have worked among and in those um, pretty regularly over my career and I get very salty about it. <laughs> That's really funny. No, I think what you're, you're talking to is the idea of margin too. And the idea that we want to keep our nose above the water and the nose above the water means that you have room to get a little deeper in the work um, without drowning essentially. Totally. Yeah. So what do you think is the number one thing you bring, not to your job, but to your teams when you're working on a team? What's your biggest strength as a collaborator? Ooh, gosh. I would either say keeping things on track. So being the person who, um, when things get derailed, bringing it back to the, the objective or in the same you know, piece of my brain, organizing all of the chaos that comes out of those conversations and distilling into what needs to happen. I think um, calming the chaos is something that in general, I think is a strength of mine as a teammate and leader. You? Um, I am a pretty good, uh, as hard as this is to believe, if you're listening to this and don't know me, I'm a pretty good listener and can synthesize information pretty well. It's important to me to be a pretty active listener in these situations. I like being able to synthesize information, to take it all down, to sit with it. Um, And I think I do a decently good job of making sure that I am present in team situations when I'm not actively working against them. (laughs) (laughs) I know that was hard to talk about something positive about yourself, but great job that that is true about you. Um, I talk about active listening a lot in my course, those three A's. Is there anything that you've like learned to make you stronger at that? Because I think that's probably something everybody can develop a little bit more. Um, I think for me, honestly, it's rooted in my, again, I've spoken so many times about my absolute crazy need to be audience aware. Um, and that of course, I think stems from like wanting everybody to like me. Um, so I think that they're all related somehow. So if I'm showing you that I'm listening to you and then I can repeat back to you what you're saying to me and not weighing in with my own take, then you're going to want to work with me more. You're going to like me. You're going to, you're going to value me as a partner. Um, so I think that if you kind of look at it like relationally, I guess, I don't know if I have any tips just to, you know, I think that realizing that when you have the same goal, or even if your goals aren't exactly the same, if you can, as we have said here before, humanize your teammates and uh, conversation partners and realize that everybody wants something and that you can either help each other get what you want, or you can work against each other. And if it's not outwardly nefarious or even inwardly nefarious, then it's in everybody's best interests to be a help rather than a hindrance. Yeah. I like what you said there about 
echoing back what someone has said, I think that's one of the strongest ways to show that you're listening. It is kind of distill and be like, is that, this is what I heard. Is this what you meant? And then there's nothing lost in translation. It really shows you're listening and that echo mirroring conversation tool is really strong. Do you have an example of like a time where teamwork really like shined? Like there's no chance you could have been as successful with the project without your peers around you. I think that my answer to that is just always when everybody has enough room to do their own thing. When people start doing land grabs, when roles are not clearly defined, or there are too many people in the room on the team, on the project, I think that there's a lot of pettiness and hurt feelings that get involved. People don't get to feel as creative or as autonomous as they would if they had really clear roles and responsibilities and autonomy and agency to act as the experts uh, they are. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. What about you? I like I default back to our conversations when we worked at cars around putting on a really big event because there were so many cooks in the kitchen but everyone had their own role, just like you were talking about. So again, like you knew where you, what was expected of you and where you could pitch in that would be helpful, not invasive for others. And at the end of the day, it was a team effort for this really big thing. So I think that is just example that comes to the forefront really easily because there are so many different moving pieces and job functions within the same project. And for those, there was such a dramatic, physical, visual, experiential payoff, you know, like it's really satisfying for everybody to work together on putting together an annual report. And there's a ton of work behind that, but it is a PDF or a little booklet at the end of the day. This was a blowout experience writ large over multiple days and seeing something like that and being immersed in something like that. It's very easy to track it back and be like, Oh my God, these teams made these little teams made this big thing happen. Yeah. And I think some of the magic there was that we had a bunch of like secrets and Easter eggs kind of baked into these days and these experiences. So it was really cool to like, know what was up and what was coming and then being able to look out for those reactions like oh my gosh this next video is incredible let's just watch the people next to me react to it yeah i think uh-huh. that was really really fun it was a present for ourselves as much as much as it was for the audience yeah so we were thinking a little bit about you know teamwork and collaboration and how to become better at it. And especially in light of our talking about advice a little while back, as much as I don't want to get into the business of proffering advice, I'm not qualified to give. I could frame this, you know, as, as several questions to ask yourself to be perhaps um, a more effective team member and collaborator. Um, We have seven questions and I think it's a really good self-awareness tactic. So if you're in a collaboration setting, um, you can kind of look at these seven questions Um, You can take a screenshot from the show notes and think about how it applies to you. So um, if you just want to go ahead and give us a question. Okay. Get ready for micro machines voice here. Uh, Number one, could I repeat back what this person is saying to me? That's kind of what we had, uh, had hit on before, right? Like, are you listening enough to be able to, to say what has been said to you? Uh, Number two, this is an important one for me. Am I waiting to speak because I want to talk about myself or because I want to respond to what this person is saying? Same thing, audience awareness. 
Um, number three, am I taking notes? And who is the subject in these notes? Is it me? Is it the speaker? Or is it the project? Important when you think about what the goal is here. Uh, number four, what can my doodles tell me? Are you scribbling around the margins or are you actually writing down what's being said? And if scribbling is a more effective way of note taking for you, then what are those scribbles telling you that you are listening or that you're focused on one particular piece of the project or that you're you know, really focused on the person you're talking to? What are those little doodles saying about what you're talking about? Uh, number five, what is the problem we are all trying to solve? And should I keep asking why? Going into that sort of thing about the five whys that we've spoken of before could be helpful when you're working with a team to really get to the root of an issue. Uh, number six, what will I be accomplishing by saying no, especially if this is a brainstorm? You know, it's easy to come to team things that you're not super excited about with what I'll call bad faith, um, or at least skepticism. I've done it many times myself. And I think that in a brainstorm situation, saying yes is always, you know, let's take a, a page from the book of the improv comedians, but saying no in general to people like, what are you, what's, what's the goal there? What's the accomplishment of what are you accomplishing by saying no? And finally, am I being respectful of others time and resources? Um, are you just talking because you want to talk or do you really have something to say? Yeah. And I think that goes into work too. When someone gives edits on something, are you giving an edit because you feel like you need to contribute or is the edit warranted? Right. So I think it's all in the same vein. And those are really good, again, self-awareness tactics to center yourself in conversations, to make sure you're showing up the best you can for your team and being a great collaboration partner. Yeah, teams are tricky and no two permutations of individuals in any groups anywhere are going to be the same. Um, so being really sort of empathetic and understanding to who those people are, making sure that you build good relationships with them is ultimately just going to create a better team environment, not just for you, but for everybody around you. Um, well, that's all we got for you about teamwork. Um, this is a team that we have been sort of pulling the levers and knobs on for over a decade at this point, and we're still working on our teamwork all the time. So know that it's not an overnight fix, but it's a good team and one that I'm happy to be on. So yeah, we're excited to hear about your own experiences with teams, bad, good, or otherwise. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Artist at Work. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Instagram and Twitter under the handle at artist at work pod. And our website is theartist-atwork.com. We'll see you next time.